Welcome to the show today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we have a, one or two really special episodes we're going to share with you, the first being today. Uh, today, as of this recording, we are at Godspeed Calvary Chapel. These are you guys who listen to the podcast. You know that's my home church in Thousand Oaks, California with the brave Pastor Rob McCoy. And we're hosting a Vody Bauckham Wrath and Grace Conference today with Owen Strain, the, the New Testament professor out of Arkansas who's just absolutely fire. Vody Bauckham, David Benham, who's here in studio with me today, and myself talking about confronting the culture, coming against those who would appease this culture of death and say that there's no role for the church to contend politically in the public for righteousness and to restrain evil. And so we had the opportunity to sit down here now with David Benham of the Benham Brothers <laughs> dynamic duo, um, who's here to talk about all things Jesus, all things Christianity, all things pro-life and the role of the church in the culture of death. So David, honor to have you here, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I, I, I've, it, I got to hear you for the first time in person. I've heard you before. But in person is way more effective. <laughs> I just loved it because I could. You're shaking your head and you're like grabbing the microphone, and I just, I loved it, man. You're, well, you're absolutely we're, on fire. We're physical beings, like, and that's why I I was like, we need to do a little recording together that's because so good. like I don't want to Skype you in. Like you're yeah. here, let's talk. And yeah. so for those of you guys who don't know, the Benham Brothers, okay, uh, you guys HGTV, yeah. right, and yep. then baseball players, yep. uh, and now uh -huh. just marketplace believers contending for the faith. But for those of you guys who don't know, the Benham brothers, David Benham being here with us now, um, have a long history of robust pro-life engagement that yeah. goes back to your father yes. and your family. For the people who don't know that, why don't yeah. you share a little bit about so that? So Jason and I, my identical twin brother, I'm two minutes older, and and uh, he and I nice. grew up in Dallas, Texas. I'm, I, I always got to let people know that. <laughs> we grew up in Dallas, Texas, and our dad was a pastor. And our dad would say that if your theology isn't your biography, your theology is worthless. Wow. It's pretty awesome. That's good. <laughs> so, and, and that's really where we've kept it is we keep the theology in the church house, but we don't live it out as biography in the marketplace. Wow. And so our dad put his Ooh. office next to the busiest abortion facility in Dallas. Intentionally. Intentionally. And what was and, his business? Um, well, he, it was, he was a pastor, and then he was also very, very um, uh, passionate about being a pro-life pastor wow. in terms of mobilizing the church to help these mothers who felt they had wow. no other choice but and abortion. And your father's name is Flip Benham? Flip, Flip Benham. And so... He, uh, he put his office there, and, and they began wow. ministering to the workers at the abortion clinic. They would wow. send cookies over, and, and then one of the workers would go out and sit on the bench out in the parking lot, and she'd smoke. And Dad used to be a chain smoker and an alcoholic and you know before he got saved. And so he would go out there and just uh, befriend this one clinic worker, and wow. it just turned out that it was Norma McCorvey, who was Jane <laughs> Roe, Roe v. Wade. Wait, he did wait. not know that. He didn't know that. He oh, did not know that. When he put his office Whoa. next to that clinic he did not know that she was one of the workers Cause, well because she started working in the abortion industry she did after after all Roe, of it right exactly That's right yep wow. which was all a big lie she was used and abused she said that uh, yeah. she a hundred percent and um, what was that lawyer's name who really prayed Faye, upon uh well Faye Waddleton was Faye Waddleton it was but Wendy uh, um, right was that her name her yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Okay, but that that, that hungry through that liberal yes. lawyer in Texas, who was, they were looking they abused on her. the on the hunt for a vulnerable woman who they could use as the as You're the exactly plaintiff right. in a case that would yep. federalize abortion. And I at the remember, level. I remember Norma and her lesbian partner sitting at our dinner table. No, uh, no. Now this way. is I'm fast forwarding the story, obviously, but yeah. Oh, of course. How Connie. old were you? Yeah, I was uh, 15. Wow. And. Um, and I remember Norma's like, they all lied. It's nothing but a lie. This was after. So, by the way, let me right. back up and just say that my dad wow. befriended her and um, 
And then after, you know, about a year, it's funny because she loved the uh, the Beach Boys. He loved the Beach Boys. And so she knew who he was. Okay. She called him Flip Venom with a V. <laughs> no way. But, but, but Dad was, you know, it, this is what's interesting. She had a book hmm. called I Am Roe. I think that was yeah, the name of the right, book. Yeah. Okay. And... Back in the day before social media, she had a book signing, and that's when the, the news would show up, and, and she was at a bookstore, sure. and there were the news crews there, and there were you know a handful of people out mm-hmm. there in the parking lot, and my dad said, I felt like I needed to go. And so he went. And they were he friends was, at this point? Or? Uh, they yeah. were acquaintances. Just from the business being yes, in the store? Yes, uh-huh. Okay. But she would still kind of talk a little junk to him, but there was sure. almost a little bit of a friendliness. Wow. And so... Um, my dad was standing in the back, and when she was announced to come to the speaker to kind of kick off the, this book and explain it, he just said something came over him. Now, we know it was the Holy Spirit, but he, mm. something came over him, and he said, and I said, as soon as she stepped up to the podium, I said very loudly, Norma McCorvey, how dare you desecrate the bodies of millions of unborn babies by selling a book? And Uh-oh. she... In her story, I remember when she told me, she said, I hated your dad at that. She, he was, she was visibly shaken when he oh. said that. It, it, the words sunk deep into her heart. And I remember she, she was... She's not pro-life at this point? No, 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 not right. at this point. This is before okay. she had even converted to the Lord. Wow. And, um, and, and so my dad, uh, later on, after she had already uh, given her heart to Christ, she was telling my brother and I, she's like, when your dad said that to me, she said, that was the point. It was at that point I knew I was wrong. No way. She said, I had been waffling Whoa. for years. And she said, but when he said that to me, I knew Whoa. that I was wrong. No way. And it took her a little bit longer. I don't know the exact amount of time. Um, and that's when she finally Gosh. told my dad, I'm ready to give Because you know, David, what Christ. a lot of squishy Christians would say is the appease the culture kind of Christians, right? That's what yes. we're talking about today at this conference, confronting the culture yeah. versus appeasing the culture. The appease the culture Christian leaders would say, uh, David, that wasn't very Christian-like of your winsome. dad. They use the word winsome. It went, they love the word winsome, right? Yeah, we it, like That's winsome. not very winsome, David, of your yeah. dad, um, because you know that, would, that kind of harms the Christian witness because you're being very bombastic yes. and offensive to say something like that. Why couldn't he have uh, just said... Norma, Jesus loves you and has and a wonderful Jesus plan for your life. Babies, yeah, and you should come to Christ. It just goes to show that, like, when the Spirit of the Lord moves you to say something, to stand in the gap, to speak life, sometimes it's not going yes. to be sunshine and rainbows. Sometimes it's going to be salt, and sometimes 100%. salt hurts. Well, it, and here's the here's the balance. But God used my, it. I mean, yeah, yeah. So that's the growing up in this movement, um, I see that in the battle between good and evil, there are the enslaved and the enslavers. Mm. The enslaved are 98.5% of the people that you come in contact with. They don't need some public rebuke. They don't need, they they just need, they need that compassion, but the truth, right? right? They need the truth spoken in love. Now, the enslavers, those are the ones that Jesus, I mean, how many times have you seen a pastor call someone a snake? You know, or it's one thing to be. That, that's right. It's one thing to be a wolf in sheep's clothing. Right. It's another thing to be a wolf in shepherd's clothing. Whoa. And so, and I heard that somewhere. I can't take credit for that, but it's true. Whoa. We have wolves in shepherd's clothing taking positions of leadership in the church Whoa. and in our government. They do not need winsomeness. They need to be rebuked. Now, that's Dad, right. at this point, had never rebuked Norma. He'd always been winsome with her and all uh, very compassionate, reaching out to her, ministering to her. But when she decided to sell the book mm. and in front of the press, 
was going to talk about this story, that's when Dad knew you will enslave people, and I will rebuke it. That's a very easy grid for us as Christians, even to see in Christ's life. When those enslavers were taking ground, he he drove them out. Now, they That's always good. had time to repent. Nehemiah came quietly at night, you know, and and he was one of those leaders. Yeah. Uh, and so anyway, it's just it was an important lesson in my life when I would see Norma. But wow. then here's what's interesting. She gets baptized, it becomes national story. That's right. And my, when was that? That was, oh gosh, I was 17, 18. I, it must have been in the er, the mid-90s. So slowly but surely, I will screw God's this up. working on Norma's heart. 100%. Through your dad's faithfulness. Through my dad's faithfulness. And there and is now, a famous picture of her being baptized. Yes, there's and, uh, a very... Who, who baptized Norma McCorvey that, of Roe versus Wade? That was Flip Benham, my dad. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because he was wearing my denim shirt and Jason's tie. We still get on to him about that. He, no he comes running because literally Nightline, Ted, which was Ted Koppel back in the day, I'm dating myself. They were all like, it was live. Wow. And they were there at the swimming pool and dad's like, I need a shirt and a tie. So he came and got our <laughs> stuff, of course. But the, the, the story that most people don't know is that dad told my brother and I, we've got to go rent a U-Haul trailer because we got to move her out of Connie's house. They can't, this is oh, unrighteous. Her lesbian partner. Yeah, they yeah. her lesbian partner. And Miss Connie, I mean, it really was hard on her. Mm. But she saw this change in Norma's life. And I remember when Connie got saved and dad no sent way. my brother and I to Walmart to buy a blow up swimming pool no so he way. could baptize her. Yeah. <laughs> it was an amazing, amazing. It was just so You're awesome. Right. I saw, I, I as, haven't heard that story as a teenage kid. I saw the power of the gospel to soften the hardest hearts. I saw a way that you are like our family would minister at local abortion clinics. Mm. And my dad would always say, it's one thing to be against abortion. It's another thing to be pro-life. Right. And we would have these mothers into our home, and we would see that I would watch the tears on this wow. young mother's eyes, where she's like, "I don't, the, I don't even know who the dad is. I, I don't wow. even know what to do." Right. And I would see a family in our church say, "Hey, ma'am, we'll help you." You yeah. know, and then this whole narrative that the church doesn't love the born; they only That's have right. a love affair with the unborn. I'm like, you are, you're just hiding behind that because you don't want to get involved. That's so right. anyway, I, I watched this. Wow. And so when my brother and I finally, um, fast-forwarding our story, we yeah, yeah. played pro baseball. I was with the Red Sox Cardinals, Jason Baltimore Cardinals, and Baltimore Orioles and then Cardinals, yeah, right. not the Baltimore Cardinals. <laughs> anyway, so uh, and then we got out and started businesses, and we landed this HGTV reality show. I'll never forget. They, behind closed doors, said, there is an, there is an agenda that will try to vilify your family this, but we're going to stick with you guys. Now, wow. I'm going to tell you a little bit about that story wow. here, just a little bit on another episode, so okay, you have to okay. you gotta yeah, have yeah, me come we'll back, because we don't have time. But I do remember um, one of the executive producers asking me, you guys are really vocal about your whole pro-life position. I think that's pretty cool. I mean, a lot of people, we believe oh, like cool. you guys do. Wow. But he said, but we're going to be putting you in front of millions of people, mm. and uh there's pro you're probably going to get a lot of kickback, and so are we at HGTV. Would you guys consider dialing it back a little bit? You know, and that's a that's a real temptation. And I'm sitting here like this is our heritage. Whoa. I see life like <clears throat> these preborn children are being torn apart, and these mothers are feeling they're boxed into a corner like they have no choice. Yeah. And yet, am I willing to sacrifice all of that so I can have a reality show? So I can make millions, Whoa. so I can be famous. Wow, bro! And I had—I mean, Jason and I had to cross that bridge, and thank God we were able to stand strong. But yeah. there was a real temptation for the love of money, and I felt as the most powerful hmm. uh, urge I ever had with money and influence and fame 
that's the most powerful I've ever had in my personal life wow. of sacrificing my values. It was a real temptation, but wow. I'm thankful for the community of Christians that I had around me. I had yeah. I had a dad, but I also had a, a very vocal pastor. I also had um, not only my twin brother, but I had other buddies in my life that were men with chests. Oh, that's and I knew if I back away, I'm going to get buggy whip. They're going to smack that's me right, around. That's right. and, and that's so good for a man that's to have. so good. You know, I just the thought I just had, David, was, you know, the left is really good at that. They're really good at their accountability of morality. Mm. Now, we would understand it to be vice and not virtue. But of my course. point is, is that they hold their own accountable to, to walk the secular progressive line. Yes. They have expectations. This is the whole idea of cancel culture, right? Yes. You need to promote leftism and you need to decry conservatism That's or, exactly or right. a Judeo-Christian worldview. And so there's almost more of a religious accountability for leftism in the marketplace in the public square yes. than there is for accountability for righteousness within the walls of the church. You, are, man, and, you nailed and, that. And, and doesn't that tell us everything we need yeah. to know about this current yeah. cultural and political moment and the silence of the shepherds? The, okay, I'm so glad you said silence of the shepherds because I was going to go to John chapter 10 Do it. where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. How do you know he's a good shepherd? He said, I lay my life down for the wow. sheep. And then he said, when a wolf shows up to scatter the flock, to devour and scatter the flock, a hireling runs. Mm. And he says he runs because he doesn't care about the sheep. Who does he care about? He cares about himself. That's right. And that is His what job. we are seeing. There are three things wow. that the hireling pastors of America have sold the flock for, their income, their image, and their influence. Those are the idols of today's modern pastors. Three eyes, huh? Thank wow. God, thank God for the Jack Hibbs and the Rob McCoys. Yeah. And I thank God for, and there are literally thousands of faithful shepherds, but now it's the celebrities that have been given a platform. Yeah. And instead of having a platform to use it mm. to beat back the wolves, That's right. they've got the platform to shine the light on themselves. That's right. Their income, their image, and their influence have wow. become the idols that have kept not only them enslaved, right. but it has allowed the wolves of this culture that rob, kill, and destroy, stealing identity, taking even the—I I, I tell people, I grew up in the most pro-choice family known to man. We were giving choices to these vulnerable mothers every single day oh, that they were coming up to the clinic. That's Multiple really choices. Yeah, oh, yeah. I know you're struggling with your rent. Well, let's do this. Oh, well, okay, so you guys are considering marriage, but not really. Okay, sir, you need to man up here because you have impregnated her and this is your responsibility. You can't leave her. Right? We're giving them all these choices. Accountability. And accountability. Yeah. And, and we just, thousands and thousands and thousands of mothers have chosen life. And it's not just them that have chosen life. At, to this day, my daddy's 74. He's still faithful at the local abortion clinics. Amazing. Ministering in Charlotte, North Carolina. And there are countless people that have come up to him, pulled over to the side of the road, come and on. said, 30 years ago, Dallas, <gasps> Texas. 22 years ago, no. Tupelo. 14 years ago, Charlotte, North Carolina. I mean, I'm telling you, this is this is what Whoa. my dad... One time what a legacy. for his birthday, uh, I think it was his 70th birthday, his former secretary and some of the workers uh, put together a collage of faces, and it was all children. Oh, I, it makes me gosh. emotionally even oh, thinking about gosh. it. It's just that, amazing. It's like, yeah. you know, nobody knows... Flip down. He's not a mega church pastor. He's never gotten a spray tan a day in his life. He doesn't wear Yeezys. I mean, you know, he doesn't. He, he would be, get upset if you had fog shine, you know, blowing <laughs> on the stage with him. He's never had that. Wow. But he has a legacy that I know at the marriage supper of the Lamb, 
uh, he'll be stand, sitting there and having a story to tell. And that's the stuff that burns in the heart of our, his kids. That's right. His boys, my brother and I, that's wow. the stuff. It's not how cool my dad was. Yeah. It's not how winsome he was with people. It's not how much money he had. Wow. It wasn't the car he drove. Right. It was the lion of the tribe of Judah that roared inside of him, that roared against the wolves that would devour people, right. and it also shepherded and took good care of those that were the most vulnerable. Wow. And it, it is. It is It is a, a lion that prowls around looking for people to devour. And when you talk about a biblical view of abortion that is it right there mm. if we had spiritualized david for yes. for spiritual principalities at work i believe we would see demons in the rooms of abortion centers a hundred percent and so but your dad understood that and lived according to that reality that's right rather than the silent shepherds or the shepherds who have become wolves, right? We're talking about transgenderism. You can yeah. be whatever you want. Well, yeah. they had a transspecieism. They became wolves. That's exactly and, and, right. And are preying on the most vulnerable. Um, and yet, and yet, your dad, yeah. not I a love big it. church, not a big platform, but what? He was obedient. That's exactly and, right. And look at the fruit from that. And he got his boys. And he got his he As got we his wrap family. up, David, and we'll have you back on, why don't you just tell people um, in 30 seconds about what is Benham Brothers yep. and then where can people connect with you? So Benham, B-E-N-H-A-M, Benham Brothers on Instagram. It's on Facebook. I mean, on all the socials and then our website. And we also do coaching. We train a marketplace entrepreneurs on how to um, utilize their God-given responsibility to take ground in culture. We so call good. it building a bulletproof business. <laughs> That's awesome. <Wonderful>. It's <laughs> well, called expert ownership. We need more of that. And I'll, and I'll end with this um, because the left does that really well. They assert their financial, financial and cultural influence in the marketplace to demand adherence to the liberal regime, the mm. secular progressive religion and all of its creeds um, and demands. Um, but where is the Christian witness in the marketplace using their financial and cultural influence for righteousness? Let me tell you and where so they are ben, now. Venom Brothers. That's exactly that's, right. That's it. I love it. There are thousands of them, and Jason and I are doing our best to fan the flames. So and instead of being like candles in the church, we're like coals. Oh, and yeah. the more the wind blows, the hotter we're getting. That's awesome. And we're going to see a move of God in the, in the church, oh, and it'll come through the marketplace. That's powerful. That's it. That's it, David. Thanks Love for coming it. on, brother. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining the show today. What a gift. We'll have uh, we'll have David and oh, we'll get the twin brothers on here sometime, Ben and Brothers. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you want to support the show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash unaborted to support the show. If you want to book me for an event or connect with me in my newsletter and speaking events, go to sethgruber.com. We'll put the show notes for the Benham Brothers. Connect with them. If you're a businessman, if you have influence and you want to start being courageous in the marketplace, mm -hmm. uh, you'll definitely want to connect with the Benham Brothers and all that they do at Expert Ownership. I believe yep, is you got it. Expert Ownership. Well. We'll put all the links to that. Thanks for joining the show today, guys. We'll see you next week. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted.